0: And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash slash film.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to an emergency episode of Slash Film Daily. This is Slash Film editor-in-chief Peter Saretta and joining me on today's podcast is a Star Wars expert. He writes for Slashfilm.com, Sci-Fi, StarWars.com, and he runs the Full of Sith podcast. Of course, I'm talking about Brian Young.
2: Uh, thanks for thanks for thinking of me to come talk <laughs> to you about this.
1: You were the first person I wanted to have on this podcast because I, I know you, uh, if if you've ever heard Brian on the podcast in the past or have read his articles on the site, he has an extensive knowledge of Star Wars that is, I think, unmatched by anybody. Maybe less lesser than like Pablo Hidalgo. So, um, okay. Nice. Uh, Let's uh let's jump into this. Let's uh let's talk about what the news is. Uh, John Favreau posted on his Instagram account uh, the following uh, image, which is an image that is almost set up like an uh, an opening Star Wars crawl, but it's not uh, in force perspective. And it says, "The Mandalorian." After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire. And before the emergence of the First Order, we follow the travels of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Okay, so this basically confirms uh, the rumor that the Star Wars TV series that is going to debut on the Disney streaming service is called The Mandalorian, and this is the plot synopsis. Uh, So uh, I I guess, uh, first of all, Brian, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Um, You know, Mandalorians have never been my favorite part of Star Wars lore, but thanks to Clone Wars and Rebels, they've really fleshed them out as a culture that's really e- uh, interesting, and it makes a lot of sense now thinking about Jon Favreau helming this project since he was the leader of Death Watch on Clone Wars with the character Pre Vizsla, uh, who was a Mandalorian. So uh, I think that's really interesting. The other thing that I... um feel like i'm going to point out for the next couple of years until the show <laughs> is over though is that uh or at least until the show starts is that according to prime minister almec from mandalore jango fett and boba fett are not actually mandalorians they've just uh you know they've got some stolen valor issues going on with the armor huh. and uh so i'm interested to see how that affects things if it does at all um, and I wonder how much this is going to touch on that sort of clan based system that they have with their families and their clans that they set up on Clone Wars and Rebels because it is set so far out in the the unknown reaches during a time after the strife supposedly on Mandalore is finished. And it makes me wonder if part of the reason Clone Wars uh, is getting its next season Uh, on the Disney streaming service is to help dovetail into the show, because the last thing we're going to see presumably is the siege of Mandalore, which has been sort of well storied for years now. Uh, And seeing the political situation on Mandalore resolve at the height of the clone wars.
1: Yeah, for uh, sure. And um, uh, just quickly, my reaction is I'm, you know, I'm super excited for this. This uh, honestly sounds like the Boba Fett movie that uh Josh Trank was kind of uh attached to you know years ago i had heard it was kind of like the sci-fi western like you hear this you know uh, lone gunfighter in outer space um yeah. it it, make, it makes me almost wonder if boba fett uh might be involved in this in some way i know we 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 heard that his uh his armor had been sold or something in one of the books, right?
2: Yeah, so in the Aftermath books, uh, there's no indication in the in the new canon that Boba Fett has survived post-Return of the Jedi, and his armor was sold to a lawman who is sort of a lone gunslinger on his own named Cobb Vanth on Tatooine by Jawas shortly after, within a year after um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and... Uh, um, it, it's... So maybe he is, but maybe he's still dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know Pablo said at one of the panels that uh, Boba Fett is in the pit until something comes out that says that he got out of the pits. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So uh, he's
2: he's Schrodinger's non Mando.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is interesting that you know we had heard that James Mangold was developing a Boba Fett movie, you know, before the. Uh box office failure of uh solo Star Wars story, and I know they're uh reevaluating what they're doing with those standalone movies. Uh but um, you know, let's get back to this. Uh yeah. let's talk about uh the history of the Mandalorian uh people in the Star Wars universe. Uh you know, maybe not the legends, but what we yeah. actually know in canon.
2: In canon it's it's really interesting where where Mandalore is is sort of a it's, it's got a split identity where half of the society is a very pacifist society and there's this warrior culture sort of underlining all that pacifism where the ultimate goal of the warriors was to declare peace and so when peace was declared some of the warriors left and sort of said, you know, this is not the Mando way and that was Death Watch run by John Favreau's character Pre Vizsla and he worked with Maul Uh, during Maul's resurgence during the Clone Wars to take back control of Mandalore away from those pacifists and Death Watch and Maul sort of kept control of Mandalore through the Clone Wars. Um, We're going to see exactly how the Republic took over Mandalore at the end of uh, the Clone Wars in this new season of Clone Wars. And then... Um, the Empire takes over. So in Rebels, we learn a lot about how the Empire puts an Imperial Academy there and how they subjugate the planet in ways that maybe we don't necessarily like. They develop weapons specifically to target Mandalorians and their armor, which is still special and hundreds of years old. Um, That was something that was really interesting and that Mandos passed their armor down generation to generation and they just sort of personalize it Per generation, and uh, while Sabine Wren, who is a character on Rebels, was in the Imper- Imperial Academy, she helped the Empire develop a weapon to specifically target that legacy armor. And um, it seems as though they're freed by the time of the end of the Galactic Civil War, and and Mandalore sort of, sort of falls off the map at that point. But the way it's set up is it has these clans and families. So it has this very much... It's uh, very a Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lot of intergalactic politics between each clan, where some clans are more interested in serving the Empire with uh, people like um, Gar Saxon, or some of them are more neutral or, or want more of that peace, like House Ren, that, that Sabine uh, clings to, or Clan Vizla, where... Um, John Favreau's character, pre-Vizsla, Viz- was, was part of, but also Katie Sackhoff's character, Bo-Katan. And I'd be very interested, a- at this point, it seems like she's survived all the way through the Galactic Civil War. It would not surprise me at all if she showed up on the show, if it does deal with more Mandalorians than just this one lone gunslinger, if she reprised her role and actually brought that character hmm. to live action.
1: That would be cool. Uh, I'm also wondering, like, you know, this is set between the events of Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. So it's set between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. This seems like this is the it almost seems like this is what they're going for going forward. Kind of like we saw, you know, with uh, the old expanded universe. There's a lot of, uh, you know, stories told between what? uh, uh, New Hope and Empire. Am I getting that yeah, right? Yeah. Now, now seeing, this is we're the We're seeing new. a
2: lot of that in the comics. That's where the comics kind of live right now. But yeah. yeah, I think I think we are going to get a lot of storytelling between uh, episode six and episode seven. And they've got a lot to fill in, but you can still kind of tell it feels like they're still staying away from any of the A stories during that time because they're still waiting for episode nine to finish. You know, because that could change anything. So it makes sense that this is out in the unknown regions and it can't affect galactic politics much because who knows what J.J. might change as he evolves (laughs) episode nine.
1: It's all connected, but it really isn't. Uh, You you know, I I did get some reaction on Twitter from people that were kind of disappointed by the synopsis because of what you just said, uh, because of that kind of uh, ending that this takes place, you know, in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far away from the authority of the New Republic, which basically kind of insinuates that it's really not going to connect with, you know, the movies that we're getting right now.
2: Well, but uh, you do have uh, after the Battle of Jakku, which takes place about a year after, um, about a year after Return of the Jedi, uh, you have the First Order, the remnants of the Empire that goes to become the First Order, heads to those same unknown reach, reaches, and they sort of have all the bank accounts of Palpatines, and they have all of the leftover resources of the Empire. And like we learned in Last Jedi from Rose Tico's system, the, the uh, Haze Minor and, and Haze Major in the Automox system, they uh, are subjugated pretty quickly by the First Order as they build up. So whatever that Imperial remnant is, whatever the First Order is in its infancy, they're still out there operating in those same areas, so we could get some of that connection but on the First Order side, not with our heroes in the New Republic.
1: I remember um, I I got a chance to sit down with uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, for Force Awakens. (laughs) That's the last time I got to speak to her in in public. But I did ask her about (laughs) uh, Star Wars uh, 1313, which is this video game that was going to be kind of set in the Star Wars underworld and kind of follow... A Mandalorian who might have ended up being Boba Fett, right? Is that to be
2: uh Um I I think that that was that was a rumor of how the game yeah. was going to go. Um but George Lucas had been developing 1313 uh and it had a is an interesting we could do a whole show on 1313 <laughs> and Star Wars Underworld the scripts that George Lucas developed with Ronald Moore
1: Yeah yeah. Um
2: and, and Well, that, that, I,
1: I, I want to see a book on that at some
2: point. Me too. Well, I think they're still mining material from it. You know, uh, we got Sheev Palpatine's first name out of all of the work they did on that. So it's still being mined for material as they go forward. So I don't think we'll get a, a book on it until they actually, they've drained those mines of all the gold they might contain. Um, but uh, as far as... Thirteen, thirteen. A lot of those ideas actually got incorporated into Clone Wars. If you look at the episodes with Ahsoka on the run from the Jedi Order, she's actually hanging out on, on levels thirteen, twelve, and thirteen, fourteen, and Asajj Ventress <laughs> is there. Um, so I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, and Boba Fett in that era for thirteen, thirteen um, would have been Boba Fett at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. So so. I guess Boba Fett, if you ask George Lucas, Boba Fett was always Boba Fett from the moment he was cloned.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, well, George Lucas is no longer involved. So we don't (laughs) know
2: what what they're going to do. It's it's fascinating watching, uh, reading all of the art of books to see just how much they have, how closely they have hewed to his blueprint, though. Yeah,
1: no, no, for sure. Um, But anyways, back to Kathleen Kennedy, I did ask her about 1313 back then. And she said that they uh, – I'm going to quote her. Interestingly enough, that's an area we spent a lot of time reading through the material that he developed. It's something very much what would like to explore. And that was 1313, 13, the game, uh, where there was – and then she said, um, our attitude is we don't want to throw any of that stuff away. It's gold. It's something we're spending a lot of time looking at pouring through discussing and we may very well develop those things further we definitely want to so i'm I'm wondering if this could be an offshoot of some of that stuff
2: well but um 1313 was very specifically located on that level of coruscant for sure and this is the unknown reaches so maybe this is you know coruscant jr if they they pull some of that (laughs) i think where we might see them pulling from that material is, that, uh, is the actual factions of the underworld that might be running in these unknown uh, parts of the galaxy too, whether that's how the Hutt clan operates or um, other parts of the underworld apparatus, how bounty hunters operate based on that, that game or the, the TV show that was developed concurrently yep. with it or whatever
1: um have you been keeping an eye out like uh, the production has begun on the show or is uh starting to begin there's like huge massive sets that have been constructed in southern california which is actually kind of exciting to me because i just assumed this whole thing was going to be on stages with greens or blue screen or whatever and uh you know there's these marketplace sets have you looked at any of those photos or video or anything
2: you know i haven't yet but i know um most of that's jason ward over at making star wars and i know uh yeah. I know he's excited about it, it sounds like, uh, but I haven't di- I haven't I haven't taken the dive into it myself. Uh, I try to go into these movies clean, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't. <laughs> you must hear like so that.
1: much stuff. So I can't imagine oh, that.
2: it's I I do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, OK. Any, any last thoughts of what you might hope that this show could
2: be? You know, I. I based on the the very brief description we've got, I hope it's just a cool western. Uh, You know, I I really hope that one of the really fascinating things about this era of Star Wars, where you've got Rogue One that's very much a war movie, and you've got Solo, which is very much a a Star Wars-based heist movie, uh, but that's, that's a western. I hope that Favreau and the directors he has lined up to do this show really give us they capture a spirit of that sort of thing and really lean into the cinematic influence that brought them to this story. Yeah, and and give us something a little different uh, with that flavor to it.
1: I hate to bring this up, but obviously Favreau is a fan of westerns, and he made that Cowboys versus Aliens movie, uh, a, you know, a bunch of years back. A handful of years yeah. back, and uh, that that uh, I think leaned more towards Western than sci-fi. I wonder if you're right, and I wonder if this is going to be the more sci-fi version of that, uh, not in the, in that bad way because that I don't think that that movie yeah. was well received. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what Favreau does here. He, he uh, I had heard way back in the day when they were uh, first, you know, eking out. The, you know, when JJ was developing Force Awakens, I heard John Favreau met with Kathleen Kennedy back then, and he's a big fan of Star Wars. I remember I was on the set of Jungle Book, and uh, on the sound stages in downtown Los Angeles, they had blue screens all over. And I asked Favreau, I'm like, why are you using blue screens instead of green screens? He's like, you know what? It's not a any technical reason. He just remembered, like he grew up on all those Star Wars behind the scenes photos, and it was all yeah. blue screens back then. So he he wanted to you know make a movie where they had blue screens.
2: It's, it's funny they changed that. Like they started using green screens on Star Wars sets because of R two. Oh, because I... uh, if you notice in the uh, not in the special editions, but in the original editions every shot of R2 on a blue screen, all of his paint is painted black instead of blue because it just faded into the background. And that was why they they sort of changed the color for Star Wars movies because they were losing R2's detail.
1: See, that is a cool bit of trivia there. So green That's, screens I'm... because of R2.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, you can notice it really well in, in the uh, theatrical versions of... Empire where Luke is flying to Dagobah and you see R2 there, you'll notice that he's he's just he's a black R two unit where he should be blue and they they fixed that in the subsequent releases from from ninety
1: seven on. Well very cool. Uh Brian, I know you gotta catch a plane, you're at the airport right now. Yeah, no, uh... I did
2: the uh I did the Incredibles 2 home video junket today. Oh, I and, wish I could have been
1: there. We we have so many people out. We have someone in New Zealand. We have someone uh, on vacation in Ireland. So I, I couldn't make that. But uh, was it fun?
2: Yeah, no, it was really fun. I mean, anytime you get to go to Pixar and talk to Brad Bird is a good day.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see a Brad Bird Star Wars movie is what I want to see. Too. Which uh, almost could have happened. Um, anyways, yeah. Brian, uh, where can we find more of your work online?
2: Um you can find my my writings about Star Wars at Slashfilm, uh, which I'm grateful for, and, and sci fi at starwars.com. And you can listen to me talk about Star Wars just like this every week on the Full of Sith podcast.
1: And joining me right now is Jason from MakingStarWars.com. He, he actually was the one that broke this Mandalorian scoop a few months back. Uh, and, uh, you know, it turned out to be legit. Uh, how's it going, Jason? Hey, thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah, I've been trying to get you on for a year to talk Star Wars. Uh, I love geeking out and uh, nerding out with you about Star Wars and your site. It uh, has some of the best uh, inside info, stuff that we can't even post, like set photos and videos. Um, so uh, this news broke today, I, I want to get your reaction. What
3: what are, you, what are
1: your thoughts on this new TV show and what we're learning about it?
3: Well, uh, up front, I was just like, oh, thank you for being about Mandalore because <laughs> – because that's what I had been hearing, and that's what I had reported. And then when I made it to the set, it it wasn't Mandalore. I don't think, you know. So I was like, "What is this?" Uh oh. But but um, but anyways, um, but when Favreau put out the announcement on Instagram today, I was just like, "Yes," because like even beyond all of that stuff, the like Star Wars nerd or little boy in me whatever however you want to look at it That sounds weird but um made me like really really excited i was like yeah they have a show called the mandalorian like that's what i would have called it you know
1: (laughs) do you think they're gonna call it star wars the mandalorian or do you think it's actually just gonna be called the mandalorian
3: you know i don't know It, it seems like 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 when it comes to animation like they won't use like a colon or anything they're like no no um, like Star Wars rebels, like they usually want them to sound like all extreme and then they got rid yeah. of those episode titles on the movie, like episode one, two and three and all that. Yeah. So, you know, who knows, but we are kind of in a place where I think it would be kind of interesting if they did try to lose like the Star Wars logo all the time. That way things could kind of maybe breathe on their own at times because we all know it's Star Wars yeah. We don't need to be told. So I would be okay with that. That would be cool. Okay, so what do you think of this concept, which I
1: know you've had time to sit with because you, you wrote about yeah. this months ago uh, and and probably were sitting on it for a bit. I remember talking to you at Comic-Con and you were telling me about it and I was like, publish it, dude, <laughs> publish <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so what, what do you think of this whole concept?
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. Um, one of the things, when Clone Wars was coming out like 10 years ago now, which is crazy, um, I... Was sort of like, oh yeah, Clone Wars, we know about those battles. And then once they started moving into the Mandalorian stuff, I was super excited by it. Not because it was, you know, a bunch of Bob Vet people, but because it was like a part of the the universe we hadn't really done a lot with. And then where that left off, which I'm sure Brian Young totally caught everyone up on. Yeah. It's, it's compl- you know, it's like, well, what does happen to Mandalore? Like, they were in this civil war and then we, we see it in Rebels and... And you're like, it doesn't look too good there either. It looks like they you know, things aren't going so, so swell necessarily for like what either side would want. Like the, the, Satine uh, teen side that wants this peaceful Mandalore and then these, you know, death watch, w- which John Favreau played the leader of. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, it's such an interesting, like, kind of like civil war element to it. So after the empire, like that's a fascinating time. Like the it, empire, the power vacuum is gone. Like, what does it mean? And when when you came out with the trimmer I thought
1: for sure that, oh this is gonna be the Game of Thrones set in the Star Wars universe because there's you know the the structures of the uh what do you call them uh, the clans in Mandalore kind of I mean mm-hmm. it's kind of very Game of Thrones ish but uh it, it seems like this synopsis sets it up as more of a Western um, which it seems more in line with what you've been seeing on set uh, we should say for those who don't know uh you know there's This TV show is filming in somewhere in Southern California. You have, uh, been observing the set from public grounds, right?
3: Yeah, just making sure that you know, like they got what they need. They (laughs) need water or anything. Uh, Little Little Caesars, ten bucks, guys. I'll hook you up. (laughs) Um, but I've been watching your videos and
1: seeing your set photos. It's mostly the same thing. It's like this marketplace outdoor area. I'm excited. I I said this to Brian, but I'm excited that they're actually building big sets and this isn't just like, you know, uh, you know, on stage in a green screen.
3: Yeah. That was what surprised me was because we had heard so much about like the viz work that was going to allow this show to operate at like a movie level. And I had been hearing that this was sort of like more of George Lucas's dream, if you will. Yeah, you know, of, of where filmmaking should go. And so when I when I saw the, the the actual set and they were filming somewhere, I was like, oh well, okay, all right, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure how much of that is still going to be you know done in a airplane hangar somewhere with just blue screens <laughs> and stuff like that. But but the fact that we're getting you know at least what we have that that's rad. And what's been fascinating. Um, to me as someone who like I know stuff about film. I'm, I'm not like totally film illiterate, but I'm also not a filmmaker and so it's been kind of interesting just to watch like how modular all of these set pieces are that they have and How they kind of like can move them around and and change them and we're not entirely 100% positive that it these sets like are being moved around to become new sets or were they just kind of, like, set up one way, you know, to, like, get them It's like for space? Because they're working on, like, a size of land that I would say is about the size of a Little League baseball field.
1: Oh, wow. So it, it looks bigger on your your photos. Um, yeah. But they do that in a lot of movie sets. They will um, – if they build a huge set – I remember I was on Pacific Rim and they had this, like, big city set. They were able to – build alleyways and certain ways to shoot it from different directions and move you know reset dress so that it looked like a totally new complete set and it it seems like that's what they're probably doing here uh have you seen any anything interesting on the set so far
3: well we saw we you know i don't um a few years ago during last jedi i had people out there um in uh, Ireland, watching the, the uh, filming, and they were like, "Yeah, there's all these guys in black, and they have axes and stuff, and like we're 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 certain it's it's the Knights of Ren," and it, it was <laughs> it was it was the guys in the frog costumes, you know, from the party that was cut from the film in the end, yeah, uh, from the the, uh, the uh, caretakers, the nuns, and all that, and they all had their weapons, and I could see why the report went that way. So I don't want to necessarily do that today, yeah. but we did see. I also someone remember looked- that you yeah.
1: you said that there was like. Uh, a fire scene, or or oh, okay. Kylo Ren attacked like <laughs> thing, and that ended up being that celebration scene that got cut because there was like this big fi- bonfire. Yep. Um,
3: yeah. So. Yep. And 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 Adam Driver was there reading lines for for Daisy on some of the some of those scenes too. Yeah. And that just made it all like, what is going on? So, anyways, um, we saw a, a very like a tall person today, and um, in like all black like robes and stuff like that. And they did not want to be seen. They were darting behind set pieces, you know. They were really tra- and so it they must could know be- you guys are up there, right? Oh yeah, they 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 definitely they 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 give us very um. F- I'm gonna call them friendly looks, like hey Jason, I'm gonna murder you in your sleep. <laughs> that that kind of those kind of looks. And um, I'm
1: honestly survived like ju- or su- surprised that John Favreau doesn't like come over and just feel like you know please no fuck you know. Yeah. Cuz I feel like if he reached out to you guys, maybe well, sure. you would
3: <laughs> Oh yeah, no. It, it, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a reasonable guy. If somebody says, "Hey, what's up?" you know. Yeah. Then then we we could talk, but yeah. It, um but but anyways, we saw that and and like I said, did I just see like a really creepy, you know, wizard in a black robe or did we just see somebody that with something that was to hide their identity and who they are and what they are, you know?
1: that happens all the time i mean jj abrams
3: has people in
1: you know cloaks
3: running from tent to tent (laughs) so yeah uh, yeah and and, and i usually know what those are like like when i see those like i usually know that's what that is um this one was a little bit weirder but at the same time it didn't really scream costume to me either but you haven't seen any like real action go on there yet uh no there was today there was some pretty interesting things where because like we have heard that a a woman will finally be directing some Star Wars in this show, and I've been trying to confirm that and haven't been able to yet. But it was kind of interesting because when they blocked up the set today, so we couldn't see who was there. But I we heard um, a woman yell, you know, yelling action, and of course that hmm. could be like a stunt coordinator. It could be uh, an assistant. Who knows, you know? <laughs>
1: I love <laughs> but, that you're trying
3: to piece the you know the puzzle together from
1: just a limited point of view. Right, that's that's how you do it, though. <laughs> it is it's insane just... that they haven't announced, you know, who's directing this episode, and it it's it seems like it's in production. Either that, or they're doing, uh, what some like stunt rehearsals or something.
3: Well, they um, were, yeah, they were blowing stuff. There was explosions, and there was all kinds of like you know pops, like 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 blinks, like from a gun, and all yeah. that kind of stuff today. And um, you know, we saw Favreau out there. Um, setting up shots, and we we did see some tests um, on Friday with with Favreau, and you, um, yeah. You just think that there would be a cast
1: list? We would have got one of these press releases from, from Lucasfilm that we normally do <laughs> get, like you know, in the middle of the day, um, announcing the cast. But we really know nothing
3: about the show other than this, what Favreau released uh, this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We don't we don't know anything. There's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of rumors about directors and that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of it goes outside of my sphere, kind of, if you will, like when it's like Marvel um, Cinematic Universe directors. It's like I know who they are. I've seen those movies, but I don't really follow it that much. So so I, I don't even know. <laughs> well, who, well, who uh, have you heard? Uh,
1: I know we, you've you reported um that uh, Dave Filoni might be directing two episodes. Uh, that, yeah. That was something you had heard, which is which would be I would be so psyched. For that. Yeah.
3: And the uh, source of that also said that uh, he might be involved in some Star Trek stuff, too. Oh, weird. Which is interesting. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We uh, we heard Dave Filoni. Um, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce his name. The man who does Thor Ragnarok. Um, Oh, a Yes, he was. He is. I believe that is what my source was tipping me off to in a really roundabout way today um but but did but, think, I, but I, don't you know? I don't know i don't himself
1: for tv but i guess john favreau is doing it too I, I don't know i guess maybe everybody wants
3: to be in on the star wars action yeah it's like it's like a childhood dream i would imagine for so many filmmakers that they're willing to do certain things that they wouldn't do and um, um from what i heard too he was directing the uh, last episode of the of the uh, season i've been hearing reports that there's eight episodes and not 10 as was reported by the new york times i believe yeah the new york times said 10 episodes and a
1: hundred million dollar budget so uh you think it's eight and probably an 80 million dollar (laughs)
3: budget yeah i know i have no idea i the budgeting stuff is always beyond me Hmm. um but but yeah it it definitely it definitely didn't look like it was going to be a cheap production based off of like how much materials they had out there. Yeah. Me and Randy, who does the pod, my podcast with me, was joking was like, how much you think this is like a hundred thousand? And I'm like, I think it's a lot more than that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's
3: hard to tell.
1: It's really hard to tell. Um, well, uh, okay. Uh, what, what else do, do you, do you know anything about this production that uh, has not been reported or, uh, that you've like snuck into, because sometimes I see that you sneak things in to your reports.
3: Yeah, I I do do that because I don't want to own it outright all the way. <laughs> I don't want to be like so and so is directing, and then it's yeah. like not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I did that with Tom Hardy too. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I think I pretty much put most of it out there that yeah. it I would I would not want you to go on your show and and, and mess it up, <laughs> 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 you know. But, um, but but it does look like, um, in my opinion, just really quickly, I think that it, you know, I said that the show was about the restoration of Mandalore. Yeah. I might, that might be the bigger aim of the show. But for mm-hmm. all we know, you know, the first season or the first part of the story, it might just be about a gunslinger and then how he ends up going on that path. So I'm not sure if we're starting kind of in a Star Wars underworld, like solo, a Star Wars story kind of place, and then we're going to move into Mandalore. But there's so much – there's there's so m- many places they can go, and there are so many rumors that this is based off of a character from Star Wars Aftermath, which is one of the characters who gets the Boba Fett helmet. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, from the Sarlacc. Yeah. Uh, from, like, some Jawas or something, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, uh, Brian mentioned that uh, earlier. Uh, I do want to bring up that, you know, some people are worried that, you know, the the synopsis basically kind of makes it sound like this is going to be in a corner of the Star Wars universe, so it's not going to be connected to any of the films really, you know, in a big way, um, other than it being in the same world. And I'm wondering... You know, when Josh Trank was working on his Boba Fett film, I had heard a bunch about that. And that was a a Western story. Um, You know, I'm wondering if this is takes a basis in that or maybe even, you know, some of the Star Wars Underworld or Star Wars 1313, which Kathleen Kennedy told me uh, at the Force Awakens junket uh, that they were still mining uh, stuff from that and still planning to do stuff with all of that. Uh, so I'm wondering what your thoughts are because you know, uh, Boba Fett could still be alive theoretically. You know, you mentioned that oh, yeah. aftermath scene with the the helmet. Um, so w- what do you think? Do you think there is going to be any bigger connection to the Star Wars
3: like characters we know? I do. I, I I mean, number one, that's there's never been a time that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> Even when they said, like, I re- remember you and I, I don't remember what it was about. Oh, it was about Darth Vader being in Rogue One. You were like, are you sure? Because they said, no Jedi, no Force powers. And I'm like, eh, he's in it. I think he's in it. Yeah. Well, but, it, turns, you know, like,
1: it, well it turns out most of yeah. that ended up being a reshoot
3: because he yeah. did
1: say that on stage at the mm-hmm. time, and it seems like they completely reworked that. But Totally.
3: Yeah. But but, but um, But it's like,
1: this is and, after, or, after or, after and for Jedi. most
3: people, that was their favorite part of the movie. For most people, oh, so <laughs> definitely, yeah, it's it's the most rewatchable part of the movie, easily. Yeah, um, but it, yeah, it's 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 after Jedi, so like Han, Luke, and Leia are out there, you know, having already done what they were set up, what they set out to like do, and the First Order hasn't risen yet. So it's not like there's nothing to look forward to. Just that we don't, they haven't created what we need to look forward to. That's the way I'm looking at it. And, and it's like Boba Fett. Um, if George Lucas' is, wishes are, are honored, he says Boba got out of the Sarlacc. He says he crawls out and, and he lived. And <laughs> J.W. Rinsler has confirmed that a few times, I think. Yeah. But as we know, George isn't mm-hmm. that involved these days. <laughs> totally. 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 And, but at the same time, it's like, like when you look at like the death of Boba Fett, it is so lame. It yes. is so like, like, we're just wrapping this up and moving on with our lives, kind of thing. And like now, and when you look at all of the context of what they've done with the character and what they could do, like if, if Return of the Jedi came out this year and you and I went and saw it, we would not leave the theater going, he's dead. We'd be oh, like, yeah. there's no way. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Uh,
1: so, what are the odds that we will actually see Boba Fett in the series? Like, what, what, if you had to place your bet.
3: My, my would, fantasy league slash film yeah. um, Star Wars prediction is yeah. 100%. Really? Wow. OK. For sure. And they even put him and his daddy in the um, like press release, if you will, the image saying, hey, you know about some Django and Boba. Here's this other guy. But how is that other guy not going to be in the shadow of Boba Fett for for fans? And the only way to even like ever get him out of there is to have him go up against it and, and prove that, you know, this new character is the, the uh, real deal. And I, I I see it going that way. Like, for sure, like I it would I would be it would be crazy if they didn't. And that Boba Fett film I had heard was connected more to the solo era of stuff. And Star Wars Underworld took place at that same time, too. We even had stuff um, in that show that was like how Lando and Han meet and stuff. Yeah. And and so we've seen that stuff kind of like, you know, reimagined. And but, but when that you get game down had like a
1: Mandalorian origin story, right? Or something like that. 1313. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was gonna, it was gonna, I, I, I had heard, and I don't know, I was never able to get this verified, but I heard that Boba wasn't a Mandalorian, and that was George Lucas's thing, and this, that story was going to eventually move into how Boba be, becomes, like, an accepted Mandalorian, like, hmm. in one of the, one of the, I guess the clans now, or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, you know, there's, there's so many, kind of, like, opportunities for Boba to be, in there even as the villain like like how I've always wondered how do the Mandalorians look at that guy? I mean like he's not a Mandalorian and he wears their armor and he goes around doing like Probably bad stuff or work, you know or works for people. It's like, you know They're like hey, that's that's Mandalore appropriation, bud. you can't be doing that <laughs> that, that doesn't belong to you <laughs> So so I have to imagine like he was kind of at odds with some of them for some of the story anyway for sure And one
1: last question um... You know, James Mangold was developing a Boba Fett movie, which I'm not sure if that was connected with the Jaws Trink project that fell apart. Um, but, uh, you know, that was before Solo kind of uh, didn't uh, hit expectations at the box office. I think is the nice way to put it. Right. Um, and, you know, all those things are kind of, uh, you know, being reassessed. Do you think uh, this is involved with it? Like, do you think this is connected with that at any in any way or do you think that's actually ever going to happen
3: you know it's like when you, when you hear like a really good idea in star wars like at lucasfilm right now like when something really good comes up then you always see someone sort of taking it and then taking the same idea and doing something different with it so i'm going to bet that there are things that have inspired things in this yeah. like i i don't see how it, it couldn't go that way i mean just like Look at like the uh, idea of Beckett in Solo, a Star Wars story, who's this kind of like treasure island pirate who like never really made it and is like past his prime and at the end of his life. And then Hondo Anaka becomes that in Rebels, which is pretty much in development around the same time. So it kind of so it would not surprise me if things from Underworld and like the stuff with the pikes. There are certain elements of these stories that took place like during the Clone Wars that are kind of like specific to. That political climate if you will for those things to align to like tell those stories. Yeah, but but so much of it is still going to be I think like fair game just to be repurposed and reorganized and I also believe that the Boba Fett movie if marketed correctly could be an insanely huge movie just personally. I mean I'm a huge Star Wars fan so maybe I'm missing (laughs) what normal people see, but I just can't see how that concept could not really be sold like successfully. So I, I personally think that while it's not happening now, I, I don't think it's dead. I think it's still coming. I, I don't know. I think they need to spend some time with
1: these these standalone movies and make it about, you know, characters that we don't know and st- new stories and maybe have some of those characters, you know, characters we love that, you know, make appearances and are, are a big part of it. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I just fear that if they made a Boba Fett movie, like the same – well, I don't know. That what happened to Solo was an like it was like just a combination of so many different things going wrong. So it's hard to pinpoint. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. But I fear that like it would have the same fate at the box office in some way. That like you know that there maybe isn't a fan base out there that like a huge fan base for to, to, that wants a Boba Fett movie.
3: I, I think the I think one of the things too is that they miss calculated how many women came into star wars with with ray and this like new stories in rogue one and and when it goes i've noticed online and twitter and stuff like that which is you know kind of its own echo chamber onto itself but at the same time like i do see like women kind of go like nah, i don't really care about like the han solo thing and they say they do say the same thing about like boba fett stuff and um so hopefully this this new show kind of Gives women something where they feel like, yeah, like this is for us too. This is for this is for both of us. This is for men and women, as opposed to just being like, yeah, we're doing like a western, and westerns are for dudes, you know. It could go that way, <laughs> and 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 I and if it does, you're gonna have like you know all of the uh, like ray fans and all the Jen Urso fans that have come about and you know and are there's just so many new Star Wars fans. No, it, it's it, it's insane, and I I love it. I, I think it's really great.
1: No, I I love it too. What, what I think you are right though they are overestimating how many female fans came aboard. What worries me is you know last time I went to there's a Disney store outlet, mm-hmm. and it was very sad. There was this wall of Star Wars toys, and all of them were, Jin, Jin Erso, Urso, uh, Rose, and an, um, uh, Cassian yeah that was all the toys that people obviously didn't buy that were being sold um i don't know i guess that's a bad thing to try to make an assumption based on but like the cynical side of me is like oh that sucks
3: yeah yeah no (laughs) it's you know like like with star wars like just they i can't keep up like i don't buy stuff anymore i i love it i stopped buying this stuff (laughs) unless my kids want it because yeah. you just you can it just it's never ending and there's always more stuff and it's just like you're like enough already you know and uh um i and and i i don't think that like like there's like you'll see like some kinds of people try to say like oh like there's Rose Tico like it says that she's a bad character and it's like no she's not a bad character she's oh, no. a bad a- she's a bad action figure though yeah i mean i my 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 daughter loves loves playing with the array toys she does the, the rose tico one she's just like kind of like what, what am i supposed to do with this does I yeah. have a lightsaber like, what mean, do you I've, want me to do
1: i've never seen the ray toys at the that outlets just to i don't know i i, I, I like rose in the movie so i'm not i'm not trying to push that agenda oh, oh yeah <laughs> it just, I, I um oh yeah it's totally. just uh I, I think you might be right that uh they might have overestimated the female fan base that is going you know that is Invested in these standalone movies, you know, I think they are invested in that. Saga, you know, the saga movies at this point.
3: Yeah, but, uh, well, I, I, th- I think they're 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 huge. There's a ton of them. But I also think that it like they won't just jump at everything like the guys classically would like the guys like us who were in 1995, like they're making new action figures. I must buy them all, even though they're really <laughs> buff and stupid. Like, like that's not them. They're, they're, they're smarter than us. So, yeah. so it's, it's, it's it's like, you really gotta, you got to, they won't buy into anything um, that isn't, you know, what they want. <laughs> so they're, they're, um, so I, I, I do think though, like, uh, I, I, I got faith in Favreau though. I, I think he's going to do a, a really good job at making sure that most Star Wars fans are happy. And I think he's been a part of the Star Wars, like that Lucasfilm family, if you will, for quite some time now and so i kind of think he knows how to deal with it not only like as a fan but probably as a professional yeah i'm very excited for this uh jason where can people find more of your work online i'm at makingstarwars.net and i'm making star wars on all social media